Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, Ben Aitzen. Uh, thank you very, very much for uh, for tuning in to yet another episode. Uh, unfortunately, again, we're here to talk about another defeat for the Hornets, but uh, this one probably not as deserved as a Brighton one, which me and Ben will, will get stuck into uh, in, in a very, very short while. Uh, before doing so, Ben, it's I've got, I've got to get my bearings right. I, I'm so close to keep saying it's Sunday, but it's Monday. Um, how's your bank holiday weekend been, mate? Everything been all good? Yeah, it's been pretty good so far. I've, um, well, I would have said so far. Um, <laughs> things have changed in the last hour or so, haven't they? Um, I've, I've had a nice family weekend. Um, spent lots of time with my family and that. But yeah, this evening, about half an hour ago maybe, um, we've, we've seen the news about Troy Deeney. Um, he's leaving Watford after 11 years. We've, we've all seen the message that we've been dreading the tweet from Watford. Um, we knew it was coming. We didn't want to believe it was coming. Um, and then to see Watford flash up saying um, a heartfelt message from Troy Deeney, my heart sank, mate. Um, no tears from me. Um, lump in the back of a throat. Feeling emotional though. Um, so I was having a fantastic bank holiday weekend. It, it's turned upside down on its head now, though, mate. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, obviously, massive Troy Deeney fan yourself. <sighs> yeah. Um, to be honest, mate. You know, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely um, I'm distraught. To be honest, uh, some people might be listening to this thinking it's a footballer for a football team. Get a grip yourself, for God's sake. But I just I, I, I don't... It's just tough, man. Like, I I was saying to you before we started recording that we all knew this day was going to come. We all knew that Troy was going to leave the club eventually because, um, you know, whether he retired at Watford or whether he moved a couple of years ago and we obviously know that he had the options there and the bids were coming in for him and he could have gone to Leicester to play European football, etc., etc. But now that it's actually happening, it's almost as if like, it, it, it still doesn't feel real. Yes, the tweet has gone out to say he's leaving. Um, I don't think it will fully sink in for me until I see a picture of him in a Birmingham City shirt or holding that Birmingham City shirt to say that he's been announced. Like... That video that he did for the club, I thought 
the way that they've announced it and the way that it's been dealt with has been superb with the club. Yeah. Transparency between the club and the fans and knowing what's going on. Troy putting out a statement, the club putting out a statement. And then that that video, that got me like, big time. Um, like, I, I, I was crying watching that because it's just like... And I don't know, I, I, listen, it's not a competition of who loves Troy the most, but I don't know whether it's it's harder for, you know, I find it particularly hard because I, I've, like, there's a, a connection there, probably because I know what Troy has sort of gone through uh, in terms of growing up in the area that he did. And, um, you know, it's, it's a real rags to riches story. And um, with him being a Brummie, having that connection as well um, having someone local to where I grew up absolutely smash it for my boyhood team it's like I couldn't be prouder of him and um, I'm, I'm just gutted that he's going to be honest uh, like we we are going to be talking about it more in depth towards the end of the episode but I've been dreading the podcast where we uh, where we have to talk about it because yeah it, uh, it, it's tough to talk about. It's it's like it's one of them days that you just hope never arrives, and unfortunately for us, it has. So um, yeah, M- um, many many good memories to discuss. Honestly, honestly, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about the memories. Uh, and I think again, like we were say, saying before you, uh, before we started recording, that you know, I'm, I'm, although I'm not a massive admirer of. Birmingham City Football Club for other reasons. Uh, I am glad he's going there. It's his boiled club. He gets to play there, um, and you know, it's just a great way f- for him to end his career, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's given eleven fantastic years for Watford. Um, can't thank him enough for the service that he's provided, and for him to. He's coming to the end of his career, and he's thirty-three years of age now. For him to go play for this club that he's actually supported as a little boy. We've all seen the tattoo on his calf. It's yeah. just fantastic for him and really pleased for him. If there was one club that you would have wanted him to leave on a free transfer for, it would be for that, for sentimental reasons for Troy. And yeah, yeah. really Absolutely. happy for him. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm glad he's gone. Feels there. like we're mo- we're mourning a loss, aren't we? It, it gen- <laughs> I, I, they, I had to. We are of... we're dressed in black, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got the black suit on as we recorded. Yeah, black tie. Yeah, black tie, black everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had to sort of try and word my sort of tweets and Facebook posts about Troy. I, I had to word it in a sense of to, to make sure I didn't sound like I, that Troy had like passed away or something because you know the, <laughs> I didn't want anyone to be thinking you know he's he's not passed away, mate. But at the same time, I think the what we've seen on Twitter as well is. We were, we were going to expect that. All I'm seeing on my timeline at the moment is about Troy. Whether that's love, love, fans. love for Troy. Yeah. He, he's had a lot of stick over the last couple of years. Um, maybe some deserved stick at times, um, but it, it's good to see that it's ended on a high note. It's ended on Troy's terms, the club's terms. They've, they've agreed to go their separate ways. And to see the outpour of love from all Watford fans, even people who thought that he wasn't good enough and they they knew it was time for him to leave, they're all showing him the respect that he deserves because he's an absolute legend and a 
a great ambassador for his football club and I have no doubt that he's going to come back and have a massive role in the future at Watford Football Club as well. But um, I think we've got a um, little match to chat about before we carry on because we've not even started yet. Honestly, I could literally just sack off talking about the match and just talk about Troy for hours. Let's just do 10 minutes of a match. We won't um, do too much. Yeah, no, well, you know, as as Ben has just said there, uh, we, we did obviously play a game of football at the weekend uh, on Sunday. Yesterday, uh, cross my days all over the place. Uh, we played <laughs> yesterday away at Tottenham. And um, Ben, we discussed on the last pod that we were looking for a reaction in this game. Mm. Uh, I think we got it. Uh, be- before we, we talk about the performance itself, let's talk about the team moves because... I, for one, I was delighted with the team moves, like, absolutely delighted. So, it was Backman in goal, um, Messina, Sierra Elta coming for his first Premier League appearance to partner Trusta Kong, Cathcart stayed at right-back, and then in midfield, it was Kucha, um, Etebo, Sissoko, uh, who we signed, I think, when did we sign him? We signed him on Friday, I think it was, and he went straight into the start at 11 against his old team. And then he did superbly. And then it was Dennis, Saar and King or whatever way you want to say it. But um, Ben, starting 11 wise, uh, I, I perhaps would have said uh, Rose in for Messina. But other than that, I think that was perfect, don't you? Yeah, yeah. when I saw the lineups, I, I loved the front three. Exciting pace, knew we could trouble up for them. Um, midfield three. Delighted Kuka came back into the side. He added that bit of steel, that bit of bite, the bit of energy that we needed um, to help out Itubo. Uh, great to see Sissoko come in as well, considering he only had one day training with the first team and actually only got to know the players for about a day as well. So fantastic to see him start because um, he, he would have known a lot about Spurs and knew how I was actually starting to set up against Watford. So I thought that was that was great. And he was obviously going to bring the legs into a midfield, which we lacked so desperately against Palace and Brighton. Um, but for what, and I love Serie A to come in back. He makes Truce Econ look so much better. Um, yes. Gives him more confidence at the back. Them two are, are rock together. Um, but the, t- the two areas of the pitch was full-backs, both sides. I've spoke at length about them. Um, I don't want to keep going on about it, but they don't fill me with confidence, um, particularly Messina over on left-hand side. But I can see why he started. Uh, maybe Danny Rose isn't ready at the moment to play back-to-back um, games. He, he started Tuesday night against Palace, got 90 minutes. Would it be a big ask for him to play a game 90 minutes against Spurs? Quite possibly. That was his first competitive football match for about 18 months. Uh, I can see why Rose didn't maybe start, but I'll be looking after the international football. Uh, fixtures to be like right Rose you're coming in now and this is your spot um, you've got to stay here now and you've got to show us that you deserve to play week in week out and hopefully build up his fitness from then um, and then Cathcart um, you all know how I feel about Cathcart and like supporting Sarah in that um, so you need a proper right back there I think it looked like Cisco wanted to maybe try and keep it a narrow back four yesterday. It didn't look like he wanted the full bats to bomb on um, because maybe we would have got um, caught out at the back. So that's probably a bit of a tactical um, change for, for Cisco. Um, but yeah, I would have liked the change of the full backs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, 
for, for what it's worth, I, I think Kafka, the, the minutes he did play, um, he, he looked reasonably okay. Not, you know, didn't stand out or didn't do too poorly. So, uh, but obviously he's not a right back, and it, it will be good to see Ngakia or um, Kiko play more of a part at right back, and as we say, Messina as well. Um, hopefully, it's not long before Danny Rose gets his, his nods, gets nod ahead of him uh, in the starting eleven. And again, to just the backups on the outs, we've said, uh, Truster Kong looks so much more controlled uh, and calm at the back with Sierra Elsa. Uh, and whilst we're on the subject of Sierra Elsa, there was worry that he was going over to um, to play for Chile in the international break, which would mean that he would miss the Wolves game and Norwich game, I think, uh, because of quarantining and coming back and everything else. Uh, it has been announced tonight that Sierra Elsa isn't going to be joining up with the Chile team. Uh, so that's a big, big boost, uh, mm. especially with the news of us losing another centre-back, Matty Pollock, joining Cheltenham Town and Lone in League One for the 21-22 season. Um, so that, that would have left us with literally Truster Kong, Cabaselli and Sierra Elsa um, and, and Craig Cathcart, although Cathcart seems to be playing out wide at the moment. So, yeah, that would have left us really, really light. And there was rumours of Phil Jones. Uh, his name's cropped up tonight on the timeline as well. Um, whether it's just that stage now where transfer deadline day is tomorrow as we record on Monday the 30th of August. So whether these ridiculous links will start cropping up now. till Phil Jones, day. really? I've not seen that one. Yeah. I've been so busy today. I've not really kept up on Twitter and seen Phil that. Jones, really, Phil Jones. It's, he's meant to be going to Newcastle. That's That's the... The team that's being sprung about, and apparently we're looking at hijacking that move. But I think it's a non-starter. As I say, I think it's one of them. It's transfer deadline day tomorrow. Let's just try and create some sort of rumours. Um, so, yeah, it, it, but with CRL to not going now, uh, I feel a little bit more relaxed. But I still think we could do with another centre-back, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, as, as I mentioned there as well with the team, uh, Musa Sissoko come in. For those that missed it, you know, Sissoko, brilliant signing, um, 70 international caps, 259 Premier League appearances, although that's gone up now to 260 after yesterday. Uh, Two-year contract with Watford. He had five years in North London, played 202 times, including 42 uh, times last season. And he was named in the 2018-19 Champions League squad of the season after he played an integral role in Tottenham's run to the final. Uh, and he was also the winner of the Tottenham Hotspurs Legends Player of the Season Award in 2019. And he takes over Will Hughes' shirt number of number 19. And um, I'm just going to sum up the Will Hughes sort of transfer because I was getting that bored of it. I'm just glad it's done now. Will Hughes, gone to Crystal Palace. Good luck to him. Thanks for the time. That's all I have to say on the matter. Uh, served us well. He's gone. We, we sort of move on. And I think signing Sissoko... I think he's a really, really good uh, good bit of business. So uh, I'm very, very happy with that. Um, Especially for the price. Yeah, the, the reports are it's around three, between three and five million. Um, I think that's a steal, Ben. Especially when you look at, we've, we've got rid of Will Hughes. We've yeah. made a profit on Will Hughes because we, we signed him for 
maybe about five, six million, but we've actually sold him for six million with possible 10, 10 million after add-ons. So we've made a profit out of him. And then we brought in someone with so many international experience caps for France, uh, Champions League finalist. Um, he got into the Champions League um, team of the year. He's, he's got so, many, so much Premier League experience as well. And for a snip of two, three million pounds, it's just... A fantastic. I don't think he's a like for like replacement. No. Um, Hughesy's someone who's going to anchor that midfield and he's going to set the tempo and he's going to bring the ball out from the back. Sissoko's going to be the box to box. I think he's going to be the legs in the midfield. I think he's going to have the legs like Decore had in that midfield. And that's what we've lacked over the last couple of years. We need someone who's to bring the ball forward and I think you're going to see that with Sissoko. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... I think he's he's a very very underrated signing. I think for the price that we got him, I think there was a few question marks being thrown around because I think it was reported ten million to start with, and people again kicking off. Why are we spending ten million on a thirty-two year old, etc., etc.? But I think with the price that we got him at and the experience that he brings, uh, and we saw what he's capable of yesterday, so I'm really really happy with that signing. Can't wait to see him um, in action and uh, well in action more often. And I think he's really, really going to help solidify that midfield three. And as you mentioned earlier, Kucha back in that midfield three, that was a breath of fresh air to see. And to be honest, Ben, I think, like I said not long ago, we were looking for a reaction. And I think we got it. I think we started the brightest out of the two teams uh, right up until Song uh, Hong Min's goal, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I think momentum was on our side. We were getting a lot of joy uh, up against uh, sort of full-back areas. Mm. Um, and I think the thing that we lacked the most was, and it's a pretty obvious thing and a pretty, you know, frustrating thing to be missing, but we just lacked being able to put the ball in the back of the net. But I think the, we, we got the reaction we were looking for. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, the reaction was there. Um, the desire was there. The commitment was there. Um, we was more progressive with our football as well. Um, like you say, we, we was attacking their full-backs and we was getting a lot of joy out of them. Emmanuel Dallas was weaving in and out over on the left-hand side. Saar was getting the better of his man on the right-hand side. It was just that maybe the final ball into the box and being clinical in front of goal. If, if we could have been clinical in front of goal, it could have been a different story because... We had the opportunities. We got into really good positions, which we didn't do against Brighton. Um, uh, Cooker had the shot blocked within the first couple of minutes. Um, Emmanuel Davis weaved in and out and had his shot blocked. Um, King couldn't really get a shot under control when it was kind of blocked and cleared away. And really good opportunities in that first half. And we really exploited um, Spurs at times. Um, it's just a shame that... Up the other end, it was a mistake which which um, cost us and ended up costing us points yesterday. Yeah, now let, let's talk about that, that goal. Uh, obviously, referring to the goal from Huang Min Son, who you know, I think I've highlighted it before, he loves a goal against Watford. Um, he, even more so than Harry Kane, who, I must add, uh, had a very quiet game against us yesterday. So, fair play to our defence for, for keeping him quiet. But... Um, yeah, Ben, a lot of stick for Daniel Backman after that goal. Uh, a lot of people saying, drop him, bring Foster back in. He's been no good this season, etc., etc. I think he's not he's not been at any fault. He's not been at fault for any of the goals this season. So far, he's faced a penalty. Uh, John McGinn's goal was a brilliant goal. You know, no keeper saving that. Um, penalties, you, David Seaman says 
you don't you're not expecting to save a penalty, but if you do, you're a hero. So you know, not expecting him to save every penalty he faces. Although he does have a very good record of um, of you know saving penalties, as as we learnt in the Carabao Cup. Um, the the Neil Morpay goal, he'd already set himself before Morpay shot. So you know, Morpay was very very clever with his finish there. The Shane Duffy goal, again, not his fault. That was the first one that was his fault. And I seem to, seem to see a lot of people obviously didn't watch the, the full game and only focused on that because he actually made a number of good saves that actually kept us in the game, I thought. And I think that was probably one of his better games this season in terms of you know saving shots, etc. And I think you put a tweet out, Ben. I don't know whether it was on your personal account or on our podcast account, but he made the most saves out of any Premier League goalkeeper that day or that weekend. Um, so far this season. So far this season. It, In yeah, a single game. Even better. So the stick, massively unwarranted, isn't it, Ben? It, yes, it was a mistake. Yes, you should have saved it. But calls of having him out and fostering, it's ridiculous really, isn't it? It is. When when the goal went in, I, I was quick to go into Twitter and I, I pointed out that it was it was a goalkeeping error and it was Batman's mistake and he should have done better. But yeah. I wasn't calling for him to be dropped because goalkeepers, they make mistakes and they're going to learn from it and improve from it. You, what impressed me for most about Daniel Batman yesterday, yes, he made a mistake, but then they went in at half-time. He was obviously regrouped and second half, he came out and he was really strong. He made a good couple of saves as well where... I would have worried if he came out and he his head was all over a shot, but it wasn't. He he was mentally strong and he made some really good saves. So for me, that shows me that it's a top goalkeeper. He's mentally strong as well, which you need to be at this, the top level as well. Look, he, yes, he's very inexperienced in the Premier League, but you're only going to get experience by playing games. Um, and for starters... Ben Foster's out injured at the moment with a hamstring injury. God knows how long that's going to take either. So are you really wanting to drop in and bring in Rob Elliott? Like, come on, give a guy a break. Okay. Um, I, I don't... I, I sort of... I, I saw double figures on my timeline, my personal timeline yesterday, of people saying that they wanted Dan Batman dropped. Yes, his, his, his distribution was maybe poor yesterday. Um, first few seconds, he kicked it straight to Bergwijn and Tottenham could have scored, but they didn't. So we got away with that one. And then... Later on in the game, his distribution was poor as well. But his distribution is actually better than Ben Foster's. He's more comfortable with the ball at his feet as well. He can ping it around and and switch it out to the full-backs really nicely. Um, and he's a good goalkeeper. He's really top-draw goalkeeper. Look, you wouldn't have had the likes of Arsenal and Ajax sniffing around him if he wasn't a good goalkeeper. Um, so just give him a break. Just... Mm keeps supporting him and showing him that it, it, the love that he needs at the moment. Um, let's not get on his back. What, what what upset me a little bit yesterday, I went on Instagram like you do after games, you scroll through and you see how the players, they tweet about games and that. Dan Batman tweeted, well, put on his Instagram yesterday a picture of the game and he said something along the lines of that it was a difficult day at the office or something but what upset me the most was he turned off the comments on that photo because he knew that people would go on that and hammer him and say that he was useless or whatever and saying he needs to be dropped it's upsetting to know that nowadays footballers can't 
just post a thing and people can be nice and comment on things. He had to think before posting that going, I'm going to turn off the comments on this because, yes, I was at fault for one of the errors, which cost us in the game, but you shouldn't get to that, should you? No. That's what upset me the most yesterday. Absolutely, and I think, you know, he summed it up perfectly. (laughs) That's... Not the right way that we, we should be living in society at the moment, but footballers just know they're going to get abuse, you know, yeah. I, I, and it's, it's bang out of order. The fact that he has to turn his comments off, it sort of highlights the, the problem that we're facing at the moment with society and abuse to footballers and everything else. So, yeah, I think it is ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I'm sure he will want to prove the doubters wrong more than anyone else because, you know, there were doubters you know, doubters of him when he first came into the team, when Foster got injured back in January, I think it was. So, you know, there, there would have been people doubting him then. I was certainly not 100% had my faith installed in him uh, and he proved me wrong. So, listen, I'm sure he's going to come back after the international break, hopefully have a good time with Austria, uh, get a few games under his belt there as yeah, well. Yeah, that'll be good for him. Yeah, and then come back, that first game back against Wolves, and then hopefully a clean sheet at the Vic and um, our second lot of three points at, at the Vic as well. But um, yeah, so after that goal, completely knocked the wind out of our sails. I was watching it um, on my phone. I managed to get a stream for it uh, whilst I was at the pub. And um, I was watching it and I was thinking, bloody hell, you know, we, we're really, really playing well. You know, we're getting at these, just need to have that little bit of sort of, edge and that bite about us and get it in the back of the net. Uh, then they score that goal. Uh, I won't say completely against the run of play because it's not as if we absolutely walked all over Tottenham, but we certainly looked very comfortable at times and, and certainly looked better hitting them on the counter-attack and their chances weren't clear-cut chances. So, um, But, you know, it did come against the run of play a little bit. Uh, well, it certainly wasn't deserved for Tottenham, I don't think. Um, and you know we we didn't make our chances, um, you know count, and they got that goal. It knocked the wind out of our sails a little bit. Went into the break one 0 down, and then that second half, again we were knocking on the door. Not as much as we did in the first half, but I still thought Ben that there was a chance that we were going to get a goal back yesterday. And I think it would have been deserved if we'd have come away with uh, with a one-one draw. Or even better, to be honest. Yeah, we we pushed for it um, early in the second half. I felt like we Cisco could have changed things a bit more. It was his substitutions were like for like, and we didn't really throw the kitchen sink at it where we kind of needed to to try and get a point out of the game because it was we was kind of getting a bit more a bit more sluggish, and there was not much urgency to try and get something out of the game. It was a bit of a slow tempo. It was it was to the pace that Spurs wanted late on in a game. Um, but yeah, after the first um, the half-time whistle and the, the match restarted, I thought we started really well. Um, we had a really good opportunity, which unfortunately we didn't take. It was when Sissoko picked up the ball on the edge of a box and he, he, he ran into the Spurs penalty box under pressure from Deli Alley, but he managed to get to a byline and crossed it into a box and it, it fell to the feet of um, Saar and he had a little snapshot which was blocked. But I, I, I feel like if Saar left that King, was in a better position behind him and I reckon he would have popped that in the back of the net and we would have been talking about a 1-1 draw here but look, these things happen and it's, it's something to learn from but 
yeah, I'm just encouraged by the whole performance yesterday. So much better than the Brighton performance. Um, and I think that's down to the inclusions of the two people in midfield. It, it was Kuka and Sissoko helping out Itobu because um, he, he was brilliant yesterday, Itobu. And then Kuka, you, you just missed him, didn't you? You could you could tell the difference that he made to that Watford side. You saw it against Brighton, but there was no midfield. That midfield three was non-existent against Brighton. Um, Bazuma bossed it. Um, but yesterday, we we was... We were throwing ourselves into tackles. We was winning the ball quite a lot of times, and we were, we was progressing with the ball up the field. And we haven't seen that in the last couple of games. Uh, really encouraged by the signs that we saw yesterday, um, and we're seeing more of an identity from this Watford side as well, which we haven't seen for a while. It's about getting the balls out wide to the, the, the wingers and and just trying to get it into a box and we've not really seen much of an identity for a while and I'm really encouraged by the pace that we've got as well um, absolutely absolutely love Emmanuel Dennis as well um, yeah. I, I know he didn't really he had, he had an alright game I'd say probably about a 6 out of 10 performance yesterday mm-hmm. uh, but his pace and his directness I just love um, he, he's my um, player of the month um, for August so far yeah, it's. Um, uh, I mean, I personally uh, don't think that yesterday was his best game so far, but that doesn't mean to say that he hasn't had a brilliant month. Obviously, scoring on his debut, I thought he was a standout player against Bryson as well. Um, yesterday went missing a little bit for him, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But as you say, the, he, he's an exciting player. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do for us this season. I do think he's going to get goals. And you know what? Seeing us perform like that, yes, we didn't win. But if we perform like that week in, week out, um, we've got some a run of winnable games coming up. I think we've got Newcastle. Uh, no, sorry, we've got Wolves. We've got Wolves, Newcastle, Norwich. Yeah. If we play like that against all of those three, we'll get minimum seven points out of them, I would say. Yeah, I've came out of a weekend thinking that there's three worse sides in the Premier League than us after yeah, seeing how we've performed we'll okay. the first three games I think yeah we'll be alright um, I was looking at the teams and thinking yeah we can beat them home and away this season I, I was looking at Newcastle they don't look great uh, this season I think they're going to struggle under Steve Bruce Norwich I, they're making a lot of late signings but it's whether they gel or not but I watched them against Leicester I didn't think they was great either um, so them two are definitely below us. Uh, yes, Arsenal were down there at the moment. Yeah, they'll find a way. Now. Yeah, they'll find a way out of it eventually. But uh, yeah, I just think there's worse teams in the division than us. Um, and I'm encouraged by the signs that we've seen. We had a fantastic first day of the season against Villa. Just what we needed. We need to get that first win under the belt. Um, and we've got it on the first day and that's just going to give the, the boys confidence yes we haven't picked up a win in our last two Prem games but we've been away from home I've, I've said said it last week it's going to be about our home form if we can make Vicarage Road a fortress just like we did last season um, we've got nothing to worry about and especially with Serie to back in that back line we're, we're going we're gonna to be really hard to break down um, I love that Serie is back in this um, Watford back line it's going to give everyone's confidence if if we can sneak results and score by the odd goal I think the boys at the back will keep a clean sheet yeah yeah uh, and I think as you rightly pointed out home form is going to be key this season and 
I think we're very, very strong now. And I don't think, to be honest, it'll be long before the away away form picks up. You know, if we get a good run of of results at home, then that will naturally go into away results as well. So, uh, and as we've just pointed out there, a run of three winnable games after the international break, just what you want. Would have been ideal to go into the international break with some form of points, whether that was one point or three points. But as you say, I think it's imperative that we've got a win already. Uh, you know, there's a couple of teams... I think there's about three or four that haven't actually picked up a win so far yet. So uh, it could be worse. We we could be one of those teams that don't don't have a win under our name, uh, under our belt. Sorry. So um, thank God we haven't, and we've got three winnable games coming up. And if we if we get seven points there, I, I personally think uh, seven points. I would be happy with that. I won't say must win yet because it's too early in the season. But um, winnable games, I would I would labour them as. So hopefully, um, you know, seven points, like I say, I think we, we can definitely get out of those three games. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty much how, how the, the, the game went. Um, I thought we deserved, a point would have been a fair result, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, a mistake cost us, but these things happen. Uh, you know, we, we know that mistakes, you'll be punished for mistakes in the Premier League. We knew that. Uh, it's how we come back. And I think there was a reaction that we played, we definitely played much better football this time round than against Brighton because that really was awful showing. And uh, yeah, I'm happy with that performance. And uh, hopefully we can uh, we can emulate that performance in the first game back against Wolves. Uh, and to be honest, I'm sort of glad there's an international break only because... I'm at a wedding for next weekend uh, and I really wouldn't have fancied my chances uh, trying to get a stream because I think it's out in the sticks somewhere in the countryside so I don't think the signal would have been great and uh, it's like one of my best mates who's getting married so it perhaps wouldn't have been the, uh, <laughs> the most politest thing to do during the ceremony, me with my phone under the table watching a stream. Uh, so yeah, a uh, little bit of a blessing in disguise that is. Uh, but... Yeah, just before we, we move on to the, the segment about, about Troy, uh, obviously, if you um, haven't seen already, Troy has left Watford and he, he will be inevitably joining Birmingham City, just waiting for an announcement, sort of from now till tomorrow, really. Uh, we've obviously talked about Sissoko joining. Will Hughes has, uh, has left the club. Um, he appeared 118 times during four years at Vicarage Road. He joined from Derby County in 2017 and he scored eight goals in total for Watford. Um, ben, we're just happy this one's done now. Is that right? Yeah, I'm just so relieved that it's done. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. He, uh, of... we, we, won't, we won't go into depth with it, but he doesn't, he doesn't look right in that Palace kit. He, he, he just... It doesn't he suit looked, him, does it? No. No, I that's... don't like that Palace kit this season either. The, the yeah. stripes have done it to an angle, haven't they? And it just looks horrible. Someone um, said on he... it that he looks like a Thunderbird on our, on our post. <laughs> oh, I think that's absolutely spot on. <laughs> yeah, he looks like fancy dress party, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't but suit yeah, him. It, it doesn't suit him and more things that came out about his, his contract and what he's been offered yeah. since as well, which... I, 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 I feel like he's going to live to regret this decision. Um, that's all I'm going to say on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, another man who looks to be out the door, uh, which 
many Watford fans won't be as gutted about this one. He's uh, Andre Gray. He is set to join QPR on a season-long loan. He's in the final year of his contract after joining from Burnley back in 2017 for a club record back then uh, of 18.5 million. Um, and he's made 125 appearances and scored 21 times. Now, I don't want to, you know, start abusing players or I don't want to start, you know, bad-mouthing players or anything, but not enjoyed the best of times at Watford, has he been? I, think I thought you were going to say he was shit. <laughs> <laughs> That as well. <laughs> I was expecting you to say that. Uh, he, he, he hasn't had the best of times at the club. I, I think it's it's clear for everyone to see. Um, him abusing the lockdown rules didn't help the situation. Um, when the fans were against him already, it really um, made us against him even more after that. Um, but I'm not going to say that he's been the worst Watford signing ever. Um, I do think a Mr. Isaac's success is actually worse than him. Um, he was brought in for twelve and a half million, and if you work out the goals per game and that, Andre Gray's has actually got a better goals to game ratio than Isaac's success. And look, Andre Gray, he, he helped get us to the FA Cup final, didn't he? He scored the goal against Palace in the quarter final. He set up Delafayu in extra time against Wolves, yeah. um, where we went on to win. So he, his played a part in Watford's history. Um, yes, he hasn't been the clinical striker that we wanted. Yes, he got caught offside every single time in the matches. Um, yes, he couldn't hit a barn dawn. But um, he, he, he scored... Don't back, will you, Ben? <laughs> he scored 20-plus goals for Watford. He um, contributed in us getting promoted last season. Yes, he only scored about four goals last season, but still four goals to help us along the way to get promoted so yeah. I'm just pleased that he's, he's off the books now he's not going to sit in the under 23s and we're going to pay his wages for a whole season in full he's gone out on loan, QPR will um, contribute to his wages uh, they'll pay a loan fee as well um, so I'm just pleased that that's happened for, for Gray himself as well, um, he, he wants to be playing football, he wants to be playing first team football, um, he's obviously just had twins as well so I imagine he wants yeah. to get out of the house because that must be a nightmare <laughs> um, so yeah <laughs> I'm just it, it, it's good for all parties isn't it, it it's, I think it's, so yeah it's, he's off our wage bill he's playing first team football um, it, it's Back good news Mark all around yeah, maybe he can get the best out of him. I will say, when I heard the news earlier, I messaged um, one of my my partner's um, brother-in-law uh, to say good luck, because he's a QPR fan, saying good luck with Andre Gray. Uh, maybe Warburton can get the best out of him, but if not, he's just going to hit the bomb door for you, um, because he is shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, he, I, I was going to sort of skirt nicely around it and sort of tiptoe around the, the, the fact of him being not very good. But, uh, I mean, you know, as you said, there, there was a couple of times in that 18-19 season where he did come off the bench. He scored the Super winner sub, against wasn't Lester, he? Uh, scored against the Palace in the quarter-final, obviously, as you've mentioned. Set up De La Feu in the in the semi-final as well. Um couple of goals this uh, last season as well to, to help us. Uh, got the, the two at home against Wickham in the, the 2-0 win. Scored against Birmingham at home as well. Albeit that was pretty much the, the, the game instead of Perry. Scored against Coventry off his arse. Yeah, scored against Coventry as well. So they, they all count and they all helped. But yeah, not the best of times he's endured. And, you know, you always sort of... 
having to climb a little bit of a, um, a molehill when you join from Luton Town. Some players have done it before and it's it's been fine for them, but this one hasn't quite worked out. And then you did mention as well that you think Isaac's success was worse than him. He has also moved on. He's joined Luton Aze on a permanent deal. Uh, as Ben mentioned, he joined from Granada uh, for what was then a club record fee of £12.5 million. Yes, we know that is a lot of money for very little return. 2016, that was, and later spent time on loan at Malaga, 2018. Uh, 72 appearances for Watford. How on earth he got that many, I don't know. Not as in, why did he keep play- being played because he was crap, but I just don't remember him playing like that many. 72. Just That seems... A lot. I don't remember that's, him that's, turning that's out. That's why I put him down as a worse signing than Andre Gray. Um, Gray contributed more to what Isaac's success does. If you ask any Watford fan about Isaac's success and what he contributed to the Watford team and, it, and what moments you look back on, um, for me, I, I remember his header goal against Bournemouth. I remember his goal in a League Cup against Spurs. But most of all, I remember him falling on his ass every time he came off his bench. Yeah. Yeah, he's another one that's not, you know, so much promise every year. You like, he said, yep, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Just hasn't quite worked out for him. And, and look, maybe it'll work think, out for him. I just think there. we should never sign players from Granada again because Penaranda never worked out. Success <laughs> never worked Full care never worked out. Well, Penaranda's still on our books and I think he scored the other week. Or the other he day. got an amazing assist the other day, yeah. Yeah, so he's, but yeah, he, it's not quite worked out for him. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned Falkirk because uh, he's coming up. In I the tried to, um, I tried to do it nicely, mate. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, you've done very, very well. I'll give you that. Um, and then, as as I mentioned earlier in the show, Matty Pollock joins Cheltenham Town League One. Uh, I think they come up last season. For, uh, Michael Duff is the manager there, ex Burnley <laughs> centre half. So you know, an experienced centre half in the game. Matty Pollock will learn off him. Hopefully, get a load of games as well. Step up from what he was playing last season. I'm happy with this loan bid. Are you? Yeah, I was, I was pleased. I forgot they got promoted. Um, when I saw Cheltenham Town, I thought, oh, League Two side. But then yeah. I looked into it. They got promoted last season. So really pleased that he's, it's a step up um, from League Two football, which he was playing with Grimsby last year. So that's going to help his development. We know that he needs to go out on loan. I don't think he... He could really rot in the under-23s for this season. Um, he needs to go out and learn the trade, and I think it's a really good loan move. He's going to hopefully play week in, week out, and pick up valuable experience. So I look, it's another one out on loan, so I look forward to seeing how he progresses this season. Yeah, another team to look out for in terms of looking for our loan players, because every week now, I obviously, keep an eye on our score, watch the game if we can, obviously. But then I'm checking teams... I'm thinking, right, who happened to check there? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, another one to add to the ever-growing list of players out on loan. Um, and then another loan, Jamie uh, or, or Jane Alvarado, who was actually on the bench against Crystal Palace. And he he sort of sneaked back over to Watford because, again, he's another one that we signed uh, f- f- a few years ago. Um, I think he come through Udinese to be signed for us and then or Granada, one of the two. Um, he he come back over, played a couple of times in the under-23s pre-season matches, but he's joined Spanish third-tier side Racing Ferrol on a season-long loan. He's 22 years old, so still very, very young, yet to make an appearance. And as I say, he was an unused substitution in the 1-0 League Cup win over Crystal Palace. And then um, 
we've signed a young lad, a highly rated Colombian, 17-year-old Yasser Asprilla from Envigado FC for a region of 2.5 million uh, euros. But he will join the club officially. It will be announced in November because that's when he turns 18. And I think the club have to... Um, I think something to do with his age. They have to wait till he's 18. Uh, it has also come out recently as well that it looks like we're actually going to be sending him to Udinese. So whether he'll be developing there and getting going time there, I don't know. But I think it's easier for him to get a work permit if he goes to Italy first. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense, especially with Brexit as well. I think it's harder to actually bring players over yeah. um, from, from different countries. So just as well, we've got that brilliant sort of network with Udinese because uh, that really does pay off some time as well. So, yeah, we get rid of loads of shit to them as well, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they were really, really pissed off with us at one stage. There was a, a flag seen at Udinese that said Watford shit. Uh, and now we've started sending we players sent over it. there. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we're going down in the estimations again. Uh, and talking of another one that's complete the circuit. What made me laugh the other day, I saw that they was playing and it said about their strikers and it was like, Akaka, Delafeu, success, um, Pereira, and and more as well, and then they got Ziegler as well, and yeah. it's just like they've got so much of our deadwood that we wanted to get rid of for ages, and I, yeah. I just love it. Yeah, well, the thing is, they they play well over there. They play well in Syria. They got a good result the other day, didn't they? They did. They they drew with uh, Juventus two two. Cristiano Ronaldo had a goal disallowed. Delafeu and Pereira both scored, didn't they? They did. I think Pereira or Delafeu scored again the other day, as did Pasetto, who's actually still our player. For those that don't realise, he's um, he's going to eventually be joining Udinese on a permanent. But as far as I'm aware, he's actually still on loan over mm. at Udinese, so he's technically still our player. Um, but yeah, an- another one who's completed the circuit be- before as well. Um, he's Dimitri Falquera, uh, Watford actually due to receive 500,000 euros from Granada, courtesy of his move to Valencia, uh, as we inserted a 20% sell-on clause with Granada. So we're getting, we're getting some money for him. So yeah. Gino doing what Gino does best. Oh yes, I will never forget him being substituted in the first half in that 8 against, against Man City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what a guy. Uh, it's a start for Watford as well, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, and then just some injury news, just to, to finish on with the topics again. Massive thanks to, to Ben for putting all these together. Um, as some would have noticed, it was Rob Elliott that was warming the substitutes uh, bench at the weekend. That's because Ben Foster is out with a small hamstring problem. Uh, Jao Pedro's now running outside and making good progress. As is Nathaniel Chalava, he's recovered from a recent, inverted commas, illness uh, and he's working outside with the medical team as he hopes to return to full training soon and then Dan Goslin remains unavailable due to an illness and now I actually heard that he's got Covid but I don't want to speculate because it might not be true but uh, if it has then we wish him all the best but we wish him all the best with his illness anyway um, and it'll be interesting to see if Chalaba does does actually stay with Watford because, as, as we've said, the um, the transfer window does close tomorrow. Uh, I'd imagine it's probably 11.59, uh, as, as it always is. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he does actually, um, you know, stay with us. So, yeah, that, that's all the topics covered. 
Um, and I, I think it would be very, very fitting if we, we just ended the show just chatting a little bit more about Troy Deeney. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, it, it's it's not something I've wanted to do um, because after I never wanted him to leave Watford, especially not for another club. I think if he'd have retired at Watford, I would have been... You know, Did you ever see the day but... come in where he would leave for another club? Did you... Did you think that he would retire at Watford? Because me personally, I thought he he would be here till he retires from football. I I thought that as well, uh, especially with the fact of I've watched various interviews with him. Any interview that Troy Deeney has ever done, uh, there's a good chance I've watched it various times because I just I just love the guy. Uh, Did you and- watch his interview with Tubes when they went to play golf? Uh, that's the only one you caught me out there, Dave. That's the only one I've not watched. Um, oh, you've got so to give it a watch after this. Fantastic. I definitely, definitely will. But he, he's he said in interviews before that he wouldn't play for Birmingham City. And I think me and you were speaking about this, Ben, at the weekend. Yeah. And he said that he wouldn't play for Birmingham City because it's too much pressure. Now, that one, that never really sort of sank in for me because Troy Deeney as we all know he loves pressure he does he thrives on it doesn't he thrives he? on pressure so the fact of I won't play for my boiled club because it's too much pressure I don't know whether he's saying that to be coy or you know whatever maybe maybe in his head he always knew that he'd be ending his career at Birmingham City but um, I, I I personally thought that we were going to have him till he retired um, I, you know I think the moment I knew that he was going to be with us for a long time, he's turning down that chance to go to Leicester City. Thirty million. Great commitment. Thirty. They was in the Champions League at the time as well. They were, and he turned around and says, "No, I'm staying." We, we, we all thought he was going. I think that was the time when Twitter was just um, kicking off, wasn't it? I think everyone was on Twitter at the yeah. time, so all the rumours were speculating, and I think we saw there was a couple of bids came in, wasn't there? There was. A couple knocked back, wasn't there? And then I think was it one stage where Watford actually said to Troy, "It's it's up to you. Yeah, um, that's right. We'll leave it in your hands. If you if you want to go, you can speak to the club and that." But Troy, he he wanted to stay because he he loved the football club and he he didn't want to leave. He he didn't want. I think he saw that Jamie Vardy was there. He he knew he wasn't going to be a starter. He was possibly going to Leicester City and sitting on the bench. And he was going to play Champions League football. Um, you got to remember because yeah. they've just won the Premier League title, but. He saw in his heart that he wanted to stay with Watford and he he saw the journey that he's been on with Watford. He wanted to cement Watford into the Premier League and be established a football club and he did that with Watford and you've got to admire him for that. A lot of players would have been like, massive pay rise, yeah, I'll take that, let's, go, let's take it. But not, not Troy, he wanted to establish himself in a football club. He wanted to break records at the football club. Um, he, he was chasing Luther Blissett's record. Um, he, he just fell short of it um, in the end, but he gave it a good old go. Um, and yeah, just love the commitment. Not many people would turn down and move to the current league champions and Champions League football. No, absolutely not. And, you know, as he said in... Um... In that interview that he did with the, the, the club, the message that he was released two hours ago, Watford is in his heart forever. Uh, and, you know, uh, 11 years at the club, 419 appearances. You don't get it nowadays. You don't, That's, you don't it's get it. So, it's so rare nowadays. 
you you see maybe about three, four years, you might see a player hit five years, but you don't see double figures. And for him to do eleven, I just I just pray that he's going to come back and do a testimonial because he deserves the send off. Yeah, that he yeah. deserves from us. He he deserves us to say goodbye and to say thank you for everything he's given for the football club over the years. It would be sad to think that he might not get that. Uh, but I imagine it, things have ended on a very good note between him. He's spoken very highly of um, Scott Duxbury as well. So I imagine yes. Watford would do something to get him back. Probably in the summer, it might be a pre-season friendly between Watford and Birmingham or something where Troy comes and he plays for both sides, 45 minutes each or something. Um, there'll be something in the pipeline, but we just want him back with it to, to say goodbye and that. like he He didn't... He didn't start a game and get subbed off and we all acknowledged that he was leaving and all sung Deanie's a legend forevermore. We, we didn't get to do that, so we need to get him back at the bit to just thank him, don't we? We do, we do indeed. And I think somebody mentioned um, on Twitter that Birmingham are actually playing Derby on the 10th of September um, and Watford don't play Wolves until the next day, the 11th of September. Oh, fantastic. So he'll so, come back and probably be on the pitch at half-time. I really hope that the club have got something lined up whereby... You know, oh, I'm excited now, mate. <laughs> whereby Troy can at least come on the pitch before the, you know, before the game. We can give him the send-off that he deserves. Uh, I just really, really hope that something is lined up because... I just we've never got, thought I'd see the day. We've got so many memories well, yeah. to be thankful of. What's, what's your standout Troy Deeney moment? Let's not talk about the of the obvious. The obvious is the, the Leicester City playoff semi-final goal where it hears Hog, Deeney smashes yeah. it back in their absolute scenes. We're so grateful to have that moment. He, he's handed at all us Watford fans that moment that we would never, ever, ever forget, which is... We'll take it to our grave. Um, yeah. Not many football fans will have a moment like that to take with them. A, a, like a Stoke fan wouldn't have something like that, that rememberable to take with them. But us Watford fans, Troy Deeney's given that to us to hold in our hearts forever. What's, bar, bar that, what's your favourite Troy Deeney moment? I think in respect of the next biggest one for the club would be him guiding us to that win at Wembley against Wolves in the FA Cup yeah. semi-final. Yeah, His second big, isn't it? In the last minute of normal time, injury time, I think the it was. The balls are still, he took, it yeah. took ages, went to VAR, if you remember. Yeah, so you imagine what's going through your head. It, it, I would be shitting myself only at Michael Oliver pointing to the spot. It's last minute of the game um, and you've got a chance to take this to extra time and then your club could then go on and win it in extra time and you'd be at uh, your first FA Cup final since 1984 for Watford. So you you imagine all that pressure and then add on top that, oh, actually, Troy, hang on a minute, we're just going to check that it is a penalty. So just wait around a minute, just, wa- just wait whilst everyone's sort of he took him away from the situation, yeah. didn't he? Like he, he just zoned out. Yeah. He went over, took, had a little drink of water, just kept himself calm and composed, didn't he? Yeah. So I would say for the club, the, that that is his, you know, the best memory 
other than that goal. <laughs> um, let's not forget as well. We I could literally do a whole podcast just devoted on, you know, him, what he's done for the club, and everything. But let's not let's forget. Let's drill him off. He scored 20 goals, 20 plus goals, three seasons in a row. Mm. Um, that that year in the playoff final, you know, that was Troy at his best. I know, that was I know, Troy at his best. I know. Uh, I know when. And... Yeah, I know we got promoted, and he he scored 47 Premier League goals in that. But and he had that fantastic partnership with uh, Igalo, wasn't it? Um, but if if we're honest, the, the best Troy Deeney we saw was was those back-to-back three seasons, probably the year we got promoted. Um, that was the best I've seen of Troy Deeney. He uh, was a menace. He yeah. had the pace back then as well. Um, the partnership between him, Vidra, Igalo, Forestieri, whoever you partnered with Troy, they all gelled with him and he worked towards their strengths as well. Um, and I just loved the passion that he brought as well in that promotion season. You just saw it. I was just watching some clips now. For that Brighton away game, um, he, he was involved in both the goals. He scored the first goal um, when the ball fell down to him. He smashed it into the, the back of the net and then he just ran over to the corner of a Brighton fan. Knee slided into the, the corner flag and punched it. And he, he just saw the passion in his face, how much that meant to him. And then the second goal as well, we was under the cosh. Brighton was throwing the kitchen sink at us and we was trying to hold on. I don't think we got out of the, the box much at all. Um, into the second half, into the Brighton area. Um, I think there was one time with Forestieri, he, he, he ran into a box, but he just dwelled on it, and then there was a quick counter-attack, and Brighton went in out the other end. But the ball fell down to Troy, down by the corner flag, and over the halfway line, didn't it? And then he just looked up, he saw Vidra over on the left-hand side, and played a, just a perfect... Um, ball over to Vidra, he picked it out with his feet and then we all know what happens next, Vidra pops it into the back of the net and the, the scenes in that away and um, I was there that day and that's my favourite away day ever, the memories of that and those two goals you've got to be thankful for Troy Deeney for that you've got the assist, he got the first goal it was captain, it led us to the promotion um, just just loved it, what a fantastic day Yeah. Um, I think what highlights the achievement even more is, you think, and listen, I don't want to talk about the, this time in his life, but when he came out of prison, there were fans that didn't want him playing for the club because of his assault. And listen, that's totally fine. You know, if someone's been sent down for doing that, you know, it, it doesn't paint a good picture, um, doesn't paint Troy in a good light. But, you know, he come back to the club, Zola told him, he was seventh choice striker. Troy could have very easily just said, sod this said, like, I'm half or I'm not going to bother. He went from seventh choice striker to scoring 20 plus goals that season. We just missed out on promotion because we couldn't quite beat Crystal Palace in the final. He could have then very easily, I'm sure there were people sniffing around thinking, this Troy Dean is decent. Um, and he stuck with the well, club. We finished were. the table. I was listening to an interview the other day, Neil Lennon um, oh, at yeah, Celtic. He, he wanted Troy Deeney after the back of that um, season, but Watford actually said that he cost too much then at that point. Um, yeah. After that season, um, so Celtic couldn't come in for him in the end, but there was teams sniffing around. You're right, after that first season where he hit 20 goals, there was teams looking at Troy Deeney. They knew who Troy Deeney was after that first season. Yeah, 
and then that second season we finished mid-table it was very much a case of with the way the season started it was very much a case of right this hasn't gone to plan let's let's try and you know be stable defensive wise so Nino come in Troy scored 25 finished mid-table not the greatest of seasons considering we were coming in off the back of just narrowly missing out on promotion Troy scored 25 again that was the season we met him as well, wasn't it? it was. um, we, we went down to Yeovil twice and we went down New Year's Day yeah. and got rained off, didn't it? It got called off and we was like, great, well, we've got a hotel room, we've got to stay here now. Yeah. Um, so then we, we came back and then we went back down in the February, was it? It was a Tuesday we, night. Yeah, um, we went for the re- rearrange feature, which we... Absolutely freezing cold. I think we layered up. We had about four or five layers on and we, we waited for the team coach to come and um, Troy got off the bus and he um, came over to us and he t- we had a picture with him, didn't we? And um, he, he noticed that you had a Birmingham accent as well, if uh-huh. I remember. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. We were talking about that. He's, you know, um, been talking about that big time. So... Yeah, um, and and then again there would have been suitors after that season. Score 25 goals in the championship. You know, uh, it's been highlighted recently. Alvin Tony scoring 31. It's only six goals off that. Adam Armstrong scoring 30 or 29. Only four or five goals off that. Um, stuck with us again. Got us promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, it took him a while to get a goal in the Premier League, but once he did, he was superb that season. 10 goals, 13 assists, I think it was. Should have been in the England squad. That's not me with my Watford tinted glasses on or being biased. Should have been in the England squad that season. Um, and he's, he's just been an absolute legend. And just to go back to your original question, I know we've sort of gone gone a bit off the, off the radar, but I suppose we can with, with this because we're just reminiscing about Troy. But you asked your favourite memory on a personal level, purely because of being from Birmingham, uh, has to be those games against Aston Villa. The, oh, yeah. the away game uh, where we won 3-2. Uh, I was in the Holtens, the, the main Villa stands. I couldn't get a ticket in the away ends. And I my, remember uh, that day, mate. Yeah, my friend, was he's a Aston Villa season ticket holder, and he says, listen, he says, you're more than welcome to sit with us. Uh, just don't celebrate if you score. And uh, Troy Daly scores right in front of me and celebrates right in front of the Villa fans. Uh, it happens to be right in front of me. Um, and he, he scored he scored twice that game, I think, didn't he? Uh, or was it just the once? I think, was it Igalo scored? I think Igalo scored twice and then Troy scored the winner, I think, the eventual winner. Um, and then the reverse fixture at the Vic, again, 3-2. Troy scored twice that game, scored pretty much in the 90th minute or the 89th minute. Uh, Stephen Burgoyce was with the cross. Troy headed it in. Um, so he, the games against Villa, you just yeah. you knew he was up for it. He he, he felt he gave a hundred percent in every single game and left so much blood and sweat and everything injuries behind on pitches after he he, he played matches. But for those Villa games, he just found that extra ten fifteen percent, didn't he? And he was unplayable. Yeah. Um, Villa fans hated coming up against him because they knew they was in a tough afternoon and they knew that he was going to score against them. Um, my favourite goal for him against Villa was when he headed that ball in in, in front of the whole end in that first season when he was up in the Prem um, yeah. under Kika Sanchez Flores. And yeah, that's what I was the one he, he just cups the his ears at the whole end, didn't he? And yeah, I, he, <laughs> yeah, because you were sat right in front of him. Yeah. Um, 
but it's just fantastic. He's just given so many memories. Like when we're talking about like what he's done and that, what stands out for me as well was he got a hat trick. His first hat trick in a championship was against Bournemouth as well. I think we won like six one that day. We did. Um, but he was unstoppable all that day. Um, that everything was he was hitting was going game in. That we met at. We met at we me and you first met at Birmingham away, which again Troy scored at. It was a one 0 win. I, I missed the goal when he scored yeah. it as well because I was getting a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first home game that me and you sort of met up at was that six one demolition job of Bournemouth. They'd just been promoted. And yeah, Troy, first hat trick for the club. Um another one which stands out for me that although it didn't end well and I'll probably get a bit of stick from my Villa supporting mates for saying this one. Um, is the one where we lost 2-1 uh, that first when he scored we, I was in Dreamland uh, I was in the away ends at the whole ends uh, at the Villa Ground sorry and uh, Troy scored unfortunately we couldn't see the job through uh, and then in the reverse fixture we won 3-0 at the Vic again Troy scoring twice this season uh, didn't quite have as much time against the Villa as I thought he would but um he come on and he was holding the ball up in the corner, I'm told, and for the last 10 minutes and just doing what Troy does best. And yeah, I, there's there's so many memories. I mean, Ben, you actually asked for a, a fans' memories of him and we, we've we got a couple here. Uh, you know, Nelly979 says, off the field, definitely the promotion celebration of the coach after Brighton and then opening the bottle of bubbly in town later on. Um, you know, <laughs> We've all, all seen the videos of that, yeah. Absolutely. Um, El, Chalau, uh, El Chachau said, normally I'd watch games at the pub in China because, uh, but because I was at the in-laws' house, I could only catch the Wolves semi-final on the radio. But when the penalty went in, uh, I swear I woke, woke the whole uh, block up. Uh, and then Paul Fiander Turner, this one's really, really nice, this one is. Uh, he said the Borough game after GT's passing. My son was a mascot and they picked him to lead the team out with Troy. Troy looked after him as he was uh, a bit scared. Every time Troy's seen him since, he remembers my son. Troy's always looked out for the fans and that's why he's a true Watford legend. And The word legend gets banded about a bit too much nowadays, I think, Ben. Uh, you know, you... you you're a legend if you're down a drink nowadays, according to the society. But uh, in, in all seriousness, he um, he he really is a legend. I, I won't be told any different, and I don't think any Watford fan will say any different. And um, I, I wish him all the best at Blues. Um, I probably won't go as far as saying I hope they get promoted, but uh, you know I've seen a few fans wishing them to get promoted because of Troy. But listen, I, I um, all, all joking aside. Uh, the amount of messages I've been getting from Blues supporting mates. Um, how do you think Troy's going to do? And, you know, do you think he'll get goals for us in the Championship and everything else? The only thing I will say on that is, as long as they don't play him up top with Djukovic, um, who it's quite ironic because he's going to be playing up top with Djukovic. We almost actually did a swap deal for yeah. Djukovic uh, when, when he was at Coventry, I believe. So, as long as they don't play him up top with him, because two target men up top, you know, even the basic of coach knows that, you know, it, it's not going to work. Um, but I wish Troy the best at Birmingham City. And uh, I, whilst I've been talking and whilst you've been talking, I've been looking on Twitter. Still no official announcement today, tonight. So, I, I, and it's half eight at the moment. So, uh, but 
I, I, I honestly, I could go on and on and on, but I, I'm absolutely gutted. I, I, I obviously knew this day would come. You know, I wasn't expecting Troy. It sounds obvious and stupid, but wasn't expecting Troy to play forever and ever and ever. But I just didn't, certainly didn't see it coming this time. But I think on a whole, Ben, I think it is the right time. I think having just come up again, being promoted, he's got a year left on his contract. I think, you know, the, the club have done it the right way. Uh, and he, he's a legend and he's going to be sorely missed. And, um, you know, I, I suppose I'll probably be keeping an eye out for Birmingham City a little bit this season and wishing him all the best. And, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm just absolutely gutted, to be honest, mate. I really, really am. Yeah, I think we can all hear it in your voice, mate. Um, we all know how highly for Troy Deeney is to you um, and yeah. to all, all us Watford fans. He's our, our captain, our leader and he's our legend. Um, 11 years at the club is a fantastic return, um, especially who would have seen that after the tricky spell that he had at the start of his uh, campaign with us. Um, he came back stronger. He wanted to better himself and he bettered himself and bettered the club. Um, it's an end of the era. Um, it had to end at one point and unfortunately it's had to end now, but we've ended it looking back on the best of Troy Deeney and we just need to reflect um, on the fantastic service that he's, he's given us. Um, Troy Deeney was one of those guys who he was a very passionate guy and he he felt what the fans felt as well he he yeah. got the football club he got Graham Taylor he got Elton John but he, he he didn't just feel what us fans were feeling he spoke like us fans as well yeah. and we really appreciated that um, so all I've got to say is just thank you Troy Deeney um, yeah. uh, Watford's number nine um, he will never be Forgotten. I know we're talking like he's passed away. He he hasn't, but no. it it feels like we're mourning him. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We we, we <coughs> a, a legend as you know. The, the, the stats speak for itself, Ben. You've said eleven years. That's unheard of. Four hundred and nineteen appearances, a hundred and forty goals, and you think how many memories as well? Like, I just yeah. It's um, and, and do you know what as well? I, I'm just. As I'm speaking, here, I'm looking at the graphic that Watford put out. To say thank fantastic, you, isn't it? And it's a picture of him in every season. And all the kits. If you think about it, we've seen him transition transition from a young lad to to a to a man to a leader. To well, a leader. Look at him. He, he's he's the guy who came in. He he's admitted he had a bit of a drink problem as well, where he went off the rails a little bit. And he's he's teetotal now, isn't he? And um, he's yeah. turned his life around. He's unfortunately he's gone through a breakup with his um, the misses of his first two children. He, yeah. He's found someone new and got another child as well, and he's very happy. It's just the evolution of Troy Deeney, isn't it? Um, it? It's yeah, just looking at all these photos of him. It, in the Watford shirt as well from all the season. It's been written off by managers as well. Look what's happened with him and Walter Mazzari. He came back stronger. Um, he's been overweight at times, but he's came back every pre-season, shifting the weight off and looking leaner and leaner. And He's, he's set high standards for himself and the football club. Uh, yeah. You can't fault him for that. No, absolutely not. And uh, Just on that note, a couple of things are... Really looking forward to his book, which comes out next month. If you've not already, um, I'm sure you'll be able to get it on all the wherever you can get books online. I don't know. I, I pre-ordered mine a long time ago on the 
Waterstones uh, website. It, it was going to be called a Hornet in Your Face, but uh, I think it's called Redemption now, or I think that's what it's called. Uh, Troy's autobiography so I'm sure there'll be loads and loads of stories and now that Troy's left I'm sure there'll be interesting stories of things that happened behind the scenes at Watford things that we might have had an inkling about some things that we probably didn't but he is uh, an absolute legend and hopefully one day um, we'll we'll be able to interview him on this on this podcast and that that would be the dream for me now that he's left Watford and you know, he's coming to the end of his career. I know he's signed a two-year deal at, at Blues and I know for a fact of when that finishes, if he does retire from football, he'll be going to Chelsea Town Football Club, which is his boiled club. You know, he played there as a kid and um, he does a lot of work for and he pumps a lot of money into and they play in, for, for those that are listening and uh, are local to Watford, uh, they play in a, a similar league to, uh, to uh, Berkhamstead. So, um, you know, that that's the sort of level that he helps fund and um, hopefully he'll uh, he'll make a few appearances for them as well. But I think it's it's very, very um, appropriate that we end, end the show on, on Troy Deeney's, you know, brilliant, brilliant time at the club. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we thank you for, for listening to this and interacting with us as always and um, it's just a shame that we had to talk about Troy Deeney leaving because he has dampened the mood a little bit for me. But um, yeah, we really do appreciate you and um, yeah, appreciate you, you tuning in and listening as always. And if you let us know your thoughts and your memories of Troy as well, we'll, we'll be retweeting them throughout the week. And yeah, um, myself and Ben will be back after the international break uh, to talk about the Wolves game. Uh, and hopefully three points for Watford as well. But uh, yeah, thank you very much. Stay safe and come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.